Welcome to Rambling Ambos, a paramedical podcast. Coming up on today's episode, we cover the top health-related news stories of the week. Then, we play one of the most ridiculous scenes ever recorded on a medical TV show, but was it actually based on a true story? Jen and Lee give me their answers. In the debrief, it's all about behavioural management, when you should restrain, sedate, or negotiate with your patients. It's Cases Review Day in the clinical corner. We've all brought a case to put to you and each other to hopefully get some answers from. You can stay up to date by liking us on Facebook or Instagram, but all this and much more is coming up now on Rambling Ambos. Hi everyone, welcome back to Rambling Ambos. My name is Carl and she is as pretty as she sounds. Genevieve, how Hello. are you? Hi, I'm great. How great. are you? Oh, not too bad. And oh, look, I guess he is also as pretty as he sounds and he's back for another week. Lee, welcome back, mate. Thanks for having me. Oh, not a problem. Now, filling in for Evan today. Um, you might remember Lee from last week. He has those particular set of skills that he can do with his hands and with his <laughs> minds that can really amaze people as a special operations and intensive care paramedic. It's good to be here. Thanks oh, for having me. Mate, absolutely. And and it is really handy to have you because um, you're taking Ev's spot just mm. for the week and that means uh, you're the highest uh, graded clinician here oh. today. So anything that we say that is completely misguided, false or, you know, just wrong, wrong <laughs> flat out lie, falls on your shoulders, My fault. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm happy to take that um, that responsibility. I, I do miss Evan. Yeah, um, It would be nice to have him here, wouldn't it? But yeah. It would. He'll be back next week. But yeah. um, He just uh, needed a bit of a break. Yeah. He did. Now, Lee, you also um, won the, the rack last week, the mm-hmm. Rambling Ambos quiz. I'm just wondering, how, how did you go with your, your spending money and your trip up into <laughs> downtown Gosford? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I well, fortunately... I was on my way home, so oh. did stop in, had a, um, a, a donut and a vanilla milkshake with yes. my spending money, and oh, good, bit of change left over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I might, I might go back again today and spend the rest of it. Well, <laughs> I recommend the incense shop. You know, oh. that is that incense, the the nice little yeah, um, it's nice smelling yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. They really suit that area. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Great to have you back. Uh, normally we touch on about some feedback from our previous show. Unfortunately, my parents haven't listened to the last episode yet, so um, <laughs> no feedback this week. Um, but that's okay. They Such might a pop shame. up. Such a shame. <laughs> they might pop up a bit later. But guys, um, a couple of episodes ago as well, we did um, the news, uh, the Rambling Ambos news, and it absolutely got blasted. People were saying it was cringeworthy and very lame. So um, we're fired, Bob Oakley. He's gone. <laughs> Unfortunately, we couldn't keep him. It was just uh, the Budget ratings. Cuts. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's it, a tough time. It I really tough. liked him. Did you? Yeah, I did. Oh. I might have been the only one, but it's I a bit, did. bit I late really now. Him. But look, I'm going to persist with it anyway. So we're going to kick off the show with the uh, the, the news stories of the week. And um, here they are. So, news story of the week, vaping. Now, I'm not too sure if you guys are aware, but the Australian government have decided to ban vaping in Australia, the nicotine liquids that they use for, for vaping. Now, I hate vaping, and I hate it when someone's sitting next to you at the bus stop, and then you just see this big fog It is. It's <laughs> almost like a weather change. encapsulate yeah. you, and it's like... Is that the cherry one? <laughs> oh, that's okay. I mean, it depends who's smoking that as well. If uh, mm. look, Is it bad for you, like, secondhand smokers... With cigarettes? Oh, 
Cigarettes, yes. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, no, but is, va- is the secondhand I vape? Think technically, they haven't done enough studies right. to prove if it's necessarily like better or worse. Yeah. But I think like there's still nicotine in it. But then again, you can yeah. get nicotine patches. So I don't well, really know. Yeah. The most ridiculous thing is they're saying it's not a healthy alternative to smoking. So we're going to ban nicotine in uh, your vapes. However, if you get a prescription from your doctor, you're allowed to have the nicotine in it. I did read that. How stupid is that though? I mean... It's an inch. The whole thing's an interesting concept, I think, because I did look at this, and it's actually not the vaping that's banned. Mm. It's importing vaping products and the liquid that's banned. Yeah, so the it's nicotine kind of a weird liquid. But if we're banning banning that, why not ban, why not ban <laughs> cigarettes? Or why not make people go to get a prescription from their doctor for to cigarettes? Cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. it's mind numbing. But, but then at the same time. Why ban it? Like it's a free world. You can do what you want. Exactly. So is that not a... Well, the burden. The burden on society. It's because the government surely aren't getting the taxes through the vaping as they do from the cigarettes. And I'm sure the cigarette companies would be lobbying being like, let's ban the vaping. Yes. You know, there'd be so much much of a power play. But look, um, we did contact the government to to come on the show and explain their decision. They did get wind that, that we're putting this to air and they've actually decided to postpone this ban until next year. So um, I think that's a win for us. It's a win for the greater good yeah, and the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, it just rights. really grinds my gears anyway. Sorry it's to start w- off in a bit of a cranky, that's okay. cranky note there. Yeah, you, you tell them, Carl. Mm, you tell them. Yeah. Um, so recently for New South Wales, I read that there is a memorandum of understanding, I think, between New South Wales Ambulance uh, New South Wales Fire Service and the SES about yeah, right. um, uh, fireys and SES being able to respond to cardiac arrests as first responders with a defib. Uh-huh. Thoughts? It's great. I think it's great. Mm. I mean, we have relatively low, you know, out of hospital cardiac arrest survivability rates here. Mm. And that can be put down to categorically um, the lack of early intervention. Yeah. So the, uh, the quicker that we can get good quality CPR started and early defibrillation um, you know, administered, the better our survivability rates are going to be. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. But what about the cases where it's so not a cardiac arrest? But yeah. let's, let's say that they're quite unwell and they're unconscious or whatever. Do you just get fireys with their hands in their pockets? Like, yeah, ah, like not my job. Just waiting for, yeah. <laughs> for the ambulance. I mean, that's the awkward one. I mean, how many cardiac arrests do we go to that aren't actually cardiac arrests? And fortunately, <laughs> I think, fortunately, I think if they start compressions, the worst that's going to happen is it's going to hurt the patient. They're going to hopefully say, get off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> and this then, you know, the, the AED again, is going to take a lot of the guesswork out of it yeah. because and they're so going to do the... You what are you doing, yeah, you so numpty? You go in there still talking and breathing. Look, we're just going to pop these yeah. things on your chest. But, you we'll know, fortunately for says. us, unfortunately for them, they won't be able to shock a non-shockable rhythm. For us, we have to go, mm, is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Boom. That's true. Yeah, yeah, light them up. Yeah. But, uh, but hopefully for these people that are not as clinically minded the mm. you know f- the guesswork will be taken out of it yeah that's true i'll yeah. throw another question in though what do you think about crew resource management like then now you've got oh, i don't know 10 people on scene and you turn up and it maybe it's a shambles and yeah well, is it more challenging to i guess manage? i'd imagine that they'd be pretty happy to see you if, when you arrive and be like okay guys yep you yeah, step in yeah i mean there'll always be one keen guy who's all girl that's like yeah i've done it i've done a first aid <laughs> <and they're> like, <laughs> this is what it is but i think know, the more people it's yeah. going to compound compound the complexity but that's where you've just got to be confident in your own yeah. leadership skills yeah you know yeah. i think it's great i well, think it'll be they interesting do such a good to see if anyway. they do research and data on it and see mm. how how they go mm. lee mm. what about you so uh one of the bits of news that i've come across this week and i think we'll all be pretty aware of it is this surge 
of coronavirus cases oh. in Victoria in the last week. So overnight, we've they've they've recorded seventy five new cases. Oh, seventy five. Yep. I didn't even the, see that. The day before that was forty nine, yeah. mm. uh, and the day before that was still in the forties. So <laughs> there's this this huge surge happening down in Victoria. And I mean, if we look at the numbers on a global scale, they're very yeah. very very. <laughs> US just discovered another twenty grand. <gasps> twenty yeah, thousand. Oh yeah, and they're all they're all pretty much um, traceable. So there was 14 uh, in quarantine, 37 um, were, were acquired through routine testing, 23 remain under investigation. So we sort of know where they are and we can mm. trace them, which is the good thing. Yeah. Um, but that's that brings us to the second point where how the testing is being done. So they've actually started um, a, a new sort of world first coronavirus test and it's a it's a oral swab as opposed to the really deep invasive mm. down Have you guys had it? Sorry. No. Have you guys had a swab? Yeah. No. It's full on. It's Oh yeah. my goodness. It, my it, nasal passage has yeah. never been so clear. My eyes right. teary, but look, get swabbed. It's really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. Um, hats off to the Victorian paramedics because yeah. um, I've seen some ambulances parked on the streets in these hotspot areas and they're doing some of the testing by the looks of it. I don't know too much about it, but I saw an ambulance and I thought, oh. Yeah, so they are. They're doing some testing. And in these hotspots, this is where this new coronavirus coronavirus test is being rolled out. Mm. In the peripheral areas, they're still doing the traditional test, but the the plan is to roll it out to the the greater um, community because yeah. I think it's far more accessible. It, mm. It's it's an easier test to undergo. Yeah, and probably yeah. will therefore mean that people are less scared of it and yeah. maybe get it done more readily. Absolutely. No, it's fantastic. Yeah. Thoughts on using paramedics for it though? I mean, does well, it I mean, fit the job description? Do you feel you would be... Depends if they have the resources or not. Yeah. I mean, if you... If Effectively, you, you work for health, I if, guess. Yeah, exactly. And if the workload decreases because of COVID, which we have seen around the country, then perhaps you do have more crews... I don't know. Uh, it must be maybe perhaps a voluntary basis as yeah, well. As I don't think do I agree it, with it if it's taking away from our um, you know, first response, but I yeah. can't imagine that it would be. Yeah. I, and, you know, p- potentially, I don't know, is it something overtime? that they're I'll doing do it. it on overtime <laughs> or are they doing it, yeah, as surge crews yeah. for, for whatever reason? And if that's the case, then, yeah. Yeah. Everyone needs to them. Well done yeah. for uh, yeah. getting I mean, out there, real frontline guys. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to hear... Everyone's thoughts on it. Mm. People comment on the Facebook page and yeah. things and see what you guys think. Oh, Is yes, it worth rambling it? Is it ambos not? on Facebook and Instagram, yeah. guys. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Now, um, look, moving along, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm in a massive slump at the moment at work. Mm. Love my job. It's so much fun. Um, but, you know, you go to the um, Nana who's fallen over and the family's now there too. And they're like, oh, you must just have such an interesting job. You never know what's around the corner. And I'm at that point now where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think I do know what's around the corner. It's going to be another person who's fallen over and can't yeah. get up. Yeah. Love to help them. But to help inspire me to see some, you know, exciting jobs, I've started watching a bit of trashy TV. Oh, oh good. I know. Yeah. It's Great. actually really bad. And I've been horrified by what's out there mm. on TV, yeah. particular uh, American medical shows. Right. And, um, there's this uh, American uh, show called uh, 911. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I think no. I have seen. I think oh, all of the I think promos. I've, it's yeah, the most the dramatized, promos. dramatic. Yeah. Um, 
scenes and stories. That is it? To, is it like a following real life? Oh, absolutely it, not. No, oh, no. It's oh, the so most it's like, like it's like home and away. Yeah. In an ambulance or like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Or even worse, like yeah. Days of Our Lives. What's that American one? Bold, Bold and beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So just imagine that, but in the back of an ambulance. And um, some of the stories that they come up with are pretty far fetched. But um, I'm going to play you one and. Um, it goes for about three minutes, so bear with me. Yeah. Um, the audio is pretty good, but there's a bit of music in the background. Okay. But I'll try and describe what's going on. Okay, so um, have a listen. At the end, I want to ask you guys whether you think this story is based off a true story that's happened somewhere in the world, okay? Okay. okay. So here it is. Have a listen for the for the first bit because it's quite important. You need to catch the first. Um, and then we can zone out. Well, <laughs> no, don't zone out. <laughs> but um, it's basically a baby stuck in a wall. And in a war, in a war. Anyway, look, I'll play it for okay. you now and uh, we'll see how we Roll go. the clip. Yeah. And look, just to set the scene quickly. So it's this um, baby uh, query stuck inside of a pipe in an apartment block. So there's a <laughs> bunch of firefighters wow. in this in this room. And that's what they've been called to. They've heard some some what appears to be some crying noises from the wall. So there's a, a bunch of firefighters in the room and uh, they're with the concerned person. Apartment block, about four stories high. They're about first floor. Okay? Right. So that's to set the scene. Okay. And uh, have a listen. I'm telling you, I heard a baby crying. Someone flushed a baby down the toilet. Someone right. flushed a baby down, down the toilet. Stuck in the wall. Why is that his first thought? So, yeah. Now you've got your fire crew there, your captain, the yeah. really eager one. Yeah. Now he's going to the wall. He's walking up to the wall. And he's putting his yeah. ear to it to try and listen. Now he's stethoscope. He's, stethos- he's auscultating the yep. wall. Yep. <laughs> now knocking. Are you are you in there? Yeah. Yeah. Give me a pen. Give me a sharpie. Give me a pen, he says. A sharpie. We need to open up this wall. No, he's, we need to open up the wall. Open up the wall. Well, I guess he's not going to put his axe yeah, through. But just watch. Well, hang on. Watch the keen probie. Okay, first of all, that's all. Second, do you not know how okay. a toilet pipe works? How does a baby get into a pipe anyway? They're thinking someone's flushed it. If this is a premature baby, its bones can bend and compress like sponges. <laughs> so they need to get in there. Oh, Proby tries to throw the axe into the wall to get him out. Not a great idea. Not a great oh, the saw, idea. of course. Much mm. better. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get the saw. Yeah, you get the, the chainsaw. <laughs> now, multi, you know, you're going to need more resources here. Police arrive. Yeah. Police and That's the far east are the Ambos, yeah. aren't they? The police, yeah, 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 yeah. Now the police need to find who's actually given birth. Oh dear. That's the saw cutting into the wall now. And oh. that's another axe. <laughs> now they're ripping the wall down. The Kim Probe is in there again. He's ripping it. There's like four people pulling. One of them's the got wall. his goggles on. I really appreciated that PPE. Oh, now they're worried if someone flushes the toilet upstairs, oh. it could push the baby down into the sewer system. She's so she's running upstairs. Cops now looking for the for the mother. She's knocking on doors. Who's actually given birth to this baby? Yeah. Who's done it? All right, so she's looking down on the floor. She's spotted some blood on the floor. So whoever's given birth oh, yeah. has been walking there still bleeding. Let me tell you, way more blood than that in a birth, but anyway. <laughs> she bursts into a room. I don't think it's the bald man. <laughs> she's she's bursting into an up. Uh, she's just found the lady who's <gasps> given birth. Oh, dear. She's lying on the bed. Oh, a lot There's of PV bleeding. Or oh, not much, according to Jen. Where's the baby? Oh, now, the, meanwhile, the firefighters have got the pipe out and it looks to be 
a black pipe, and in there appears oh. to be a baby. They're going to they're going to birth the baby from they're, a pipe. They're birthing <laughs> a baby from a pipe. That is right, Lee. Just get push. the lube. They're getting the lube. Oh, Let's lube the up the head. Oh, now this baby's stuck in about a meter's worth of pipe right in the middle. Let me point out, that's a narrow pipe. It like, is. That's Very a small pipe. baby. Now, if you've ever done like a birthing prac, it looks just like that. Yeah. Yep. They've got but the lube in there. nothing it's like the same it. sort of baby mannequin Is this sort of like, using. like hands-off breach? Like oh, what, oh, are we, what are we <laughs> doing here? Anyway, head's coming out. Head's coming out of the oh. pipe. This is actually the, like a proper birth out of a pipe. Oh, that's a three-month-old. And old. she's coming out... <laughs> Look, it does look quite big <laughs> for a premature baby. Yeah. All right, starting CPR. The baby's not breathing. Yeah, well, it's been they, in a pipe Compressions. Maybe her airway's blocked, he says. Let's get some suction on this. Oh, yeah. Keen, Keen Probe, he's oh, got, got the, the uh, suction. little Neopuff. Yeah, that was actually quite accurate. I was happy with that. But also, I think he's going uh, at a rate ready? of like 300. Listen. listen. There we They're go. There we really go. Hard. There we go. Also stuck CPR. Oh, what's that? Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Okay, baby's crying. Baby's crying. And that, wow, guys, is nine one one. One of the most amazing uh, bits of TV you'll ever wow. see. Wow. Um, now, for you guys. <laughs> I like my drawers on the table. I can't pick my drawer off the ground. That is um, absurd. Hopefully, we described that well enough for you at home. Oh dear. If not, I can probably we'll, find it. We'll, we'll link the clip. Yeah. We're the... watching the, the the clip here and trying to describe it for you. But you two, is this based on a real story? Do you think, or is this just a made up, you know, fantasy of some wacko producer that's thought, oh yeah. Uh, let's okay. someone give birth on a on a toilet, flush it down, and then pull it out of the wall. <laughs> Jen, you're you're first. You first. first. Um, yep. Absolutely not, <laughs> real whatsoever. No. Um, very entertaining, mm. but it, just so many questions. Mm. So many so questions. Many questions. Uh, my first question is who? So you know these shows they have like a like a medical um, liaison, like a consultant, consultant who yeah. comes along and sort of says, yeah, this is kind of. Re- like something that might happen. Who was that person for this show? <laughs> Did they have one? Probably someone who's done a half of a first aid course. Oh, geez. this one, yeah, no, totally doable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Uh, so, listen, it might listen. It might be feasible if the baby was not revived at the end. I mean, oh, sure, okay. like a baby, very, very premy, you know. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I don't think you're going to hear it crying in the pipes and then <laughs> and then revive it. Uh, I think that baby looks, I, I don't know, I'm throwing this out there, but I don't know, something like 26 or 30 weeks. Like it's quite small. Oh, yeah, it was a big But well, also it well. was it was not cyanotic. No. Mm. Um, also, does the pipe, I don't know, it had its head up that end. Does it? Was it head first flushed into the toilet? Would the shoulders well, guys, fit through the toilet Just thing? We'll just hold it there. Oh, so if anything me. is going to happen, where would something like this happen? Well, actually, I don't know. That's probably not irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but know. Somewhere, that has somewhere very, very, guys, you know, yeah. Uh, 2013 China. No. Stop it. A baby (gasps) newborn boy was found alive inside a toilet pipe in Xinhua, China. What? And uh, he has been released from hospital and taken home by his maternal grandparents. And there is a whole YouTube clip really? of seeing them do almost exactly oh the same thing. Oh my god! Are you kidding? Unbelievable! Me? Unbelievable! Yep. What yeah. What about all happened. the? I guess once the toilet flushes, like he's not he's not sub- submerged. Yeah, well, it's almost back in the womb. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's pretty bloody cold in there, wouldn't it? Oh. Oh. 
Jeez. Yeah. That so is fascinating. Mind blown? Oh, yeah, mind absolutely so blown. So credit to 911 coming up with realistic stories. I take everything I said back. Yeah, yeah. so these TV shows are not that bad after all. No. Now, guys, we should probably get into the debrief. Um, so our topic today is about behavioural management, okay, and whether sedation versus uh, restraints or just negotiation. Um, so around the world, England, mm. uh, the UK, believe they don't actually have sedation for um, behaviourally disturbed patients. So they don't have medical sedation? Yep, medical sedation. I believe or they might have restraints. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, so and, and, and where do you draw the line between when you go from one step, yep. as in negotiation to restraints, to then, you know what, I'm going to have to yeah. sedate this yep. behaviourally disturbed patient for my own safety and the safety of everyone else around. Mm. I think that's the point there. I mean, interestingly, we, we've... We've seen a couple of uh, pertinent examples around the world recently, but particularly one in the in the states where there was a young um, it was a young patient who ended up having an adverse outcome from uh, a number of factors, but there in there was the administration of ketamine, and it was a dose that was potentially this. bigger than what his physiology required. Yep. Right. So, I mean, I think the point that you made, Carl, about it being safer for the patient and for the the paramedic or the Mm. the the people around that patient that's where i draw my line if Mm. the patient is not safe and not safe to themselves or others that's where i start to think okay i need to take control of this situation whether or not that is chemical restraint or physical restraint or both yeah i find i feel really conflicted about kind of sedation generally it's not that i'm against sedating people but I'm definitely someone who would much rather err on the side of de-escalation where possible Mm. um I think interestingly yeah I just yeah and it's just I think interestingly so I kind of had two examples with this but first of all there was a case I did with a young chap who was a bit of a dickhead Mm. um and you know had been taking drugs was on a bender the cops had him um handcuffed and sitting down and he was just non-compliant and there was no talking to him and so, you know, eventually we were kind of like, okay, we have to take you to hospital because you just, we, we can't do anything with you. Yeah. He was quite drug affected. And then when they stood him up, he kicked off and just was being a pain in the ass. Yeah. And so um, the cops got him onto the bed and we straight away went for sedation. And, and so that was your trigger, the aggressiveness, yeah, the agitation. Yeah. But I was, I I tend to err on the side of the, the um, not the safer sedation, but I will often use Draperidol preferentially, and mm. I really don't like um, giving medaz. Mm. Not because I've got anything against it, but this is my personal view. And mm. share your thoughts with me. But I think if draperidol works, I've seen it work a lot. So mm. I, I'm my experience is that drug. it works. Yeah, yeah, really. Whereas I'm against medazzing someone to the point that you then have to manage their airway. Not because I oh, can't, absolutely. but because yeah. it's a pain in the bum for the hospital and then they need a resus bed and then it just creates a much bigger yeah. job out of nothing. I think for me the only difference there is the time of onset because draperidol yeah. typically takes mm. that at least five, seven, maybe up to ten minutes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and with a patient who's really kicking off, yeah. that sometimes can be too long. Yeah. Mm. Um, what about – do you guys – think of um, like the potentially organic causes and try and correct those first. And oh, I think that's absolutely. really difficult to do, especially if they're in that instance where they're just completely non-compliant with your treatment. I mean, I'm th- talking things like hypoxia, hypoglycemia, mm. sepsis. Mm. How do you treat those things 
pre-sedation if they're well, not letting true, you. that's true because, yeah, if they're not complying with letting you take any of their yeah. observations, yeah. then it's, yeah. And you, I think that's a good, like, you know, yeah, you might know that this is as a, uh, this, this behavioral disturbance is as a result of hypoxia. Mm. But if they're not going to let you oxygenate them, mm. maybe they need sedation prior to the treatment for that thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good yeah. point. It's not all, all only like the young people or the agitated and aggressive nursing homes, dementia. You know, you've got old uh, yeah. pop who's got a strong arm this on him from my job you know recently. fighting yeah. in the world wars. I haven't done one a while for a while, yeah. and then just recently, I was oh, according to the nursing home, he'd been really aggressive, but he was asleep when mm. we got there, and I was a bit like, mm, if if we wake him up and he's okay, I'm not really going to do a whole lot because yeah. you know whatever. Anyway, no. Nah, he, we woke him up and he was kicking, trying to bite with his lower teeth, not Ooh. top teeth. I didn't have uh, any. <laughs> <laughs> How do you bite with your At lower teeth? <laughs> <laughs> um, and we ended up deparadoling the dad like a dolphin. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nibbling on your finger. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, you're right. There's not, it's not just you're acutely mentally disturbed. It can yeah. be those people. And it can also be you're really ag- like aggressively anxious patients mm. as well. Yes. Mm. And I mean, just... I, I, something I've seen work really well a few times is if that patient's got a little bit of pain, mm. you know, and that's where their anxiety is coming from. Mm. That you know, morphine, the anxiolytic effect of anxiolytic effect of morphine can be really yeah. beneficial as well. Yeah. So perhaps we don't need to go sedation, to a sedation yeah. level. Perhaps we just need to take the edge off what's causing them to be really anxious and disturbed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're not going to give morphine as a frontline agent to sedate. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, if the, the cause of their agitation is it's due pain. to their pain, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, I deem a successful transfer, I guess, um, is someone who I can get to the emergency department without having to sedate them, even mm. though as soon as we get them there, the hospital staff are like, right, we need to, we need to put this yeah. person to sleep mm. for yeah. a, a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so that's that part of least resistance. to not yeah. have to But then at the same time, sedate. it's like, oh, well, hang on, am I... Yes, this person is agitated and as soon as we get him to ED, they sedate him. Am I putting myself at risk by perhaps not sedating them earlier on? Mm. Um, I guess that's where you it's, do it's your hard, isn't it? dynamic yeah. risk assessment yeah, all the time. Yeah. And you're going, what is the what is the potential threat to me um, and the people around me? And thinking about being in a confined space in the ambulance as well. Mm. You know, yeah. I did a transfer recently of a patient who was having an acute schizophrenic episode yeah. and was being transferred to a um, mental health facility. Yeah. And he was kind of trying to sweet talk me a little bit. And he's like, don't, I don't, don't, want, I don't want the restraint. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's like, don't put the restraints on me. I'm true to my words. Like, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, and trust the, me. Yes. <laughs> and the ED doctor whispers in my ear. He's like, you, mate, you're going to yeah. put the restraints on. And so luckily he was compliant with me putting the restraints on yeah. and accepted it. Yeah. But that's just, I was kind of like, oh, do I, don't I? Well, that's the thing. And I'm like, well, actually, if I was driving on that job and I wasn't the treating officer, perhaps I would probably want them sedated for my partner's safety yeah. or if I'm working with the trainee, you yeah. know. And yes. I mean, generally, you're in the back if you're the um, if you're the qualified paramedic and you have a trainee. Generally, they can't be in the back with someone that's under Not a schedule. Not necessarily, um, but... Yeah, but if you're giving medication that's outside their scope, their scope, then you need to be in the back, yeah. Pro- yeah, over over them because you can't keep an eye. On it. Regardless, that's a different topic altogether. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about ketamine, though, Lee? Oh, I think ketamine is a very, very safe, very underutilized drug. I think yeah, it's okay. a great agent for sedation. Mm. I think people just need to be confident in using it because yeah. ketamine has, you know, it has a number of different. Um, 
uses. So you can give it as analgesia, you can mm. give it as sedation, and mm. then you can give it as uh, as an agent to render someone completely unconscious in, mm. in RSI, for example. So you know, and and I think people get really worried about ketamine and that the reemergence th- phenomenon, and then patients becoming even more, uh, you know. They they get even more agitated, yeah. and the, in yeah, which case you have okay. to give them a dazolam. So yeah. sort of what's the point? Yeah. But if you recognize how to use ketamine, and you realize that okay, well if they're coming out of that mm. that sed, um, that sort of sedation phase, they're re-emerging, then you you just need to bump them back up into yeah. that therapeutic range. Then it can be really really successful. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of it. My threshold yeah. for ketamine is far lower than it used to be. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. What about head injury? you guys so we've talked about behavioral disturbance we've Mm. spoken about medical causes but what about like a head trauma i mean i uh, yeah you and they're what they're quite agitated from that yeah and then i think it it, it compounds the issue because you've got trauma so you're worried about things like spinal yeah yeah i think almost i mean in the hypothetical scenario i think i'd be more inclined to sedate a head injury and again i think when i can identify a medical or a traumatic cause yeah i think i'm more inclined to yeah. kind of it's um, a, yeah you feel more um justified almost. exactly yeah whereas yeah. when it's behavioral i'm like just stop yeah being a yeah. Dickhead. yeah um but for trauma yeah if i can't if i can't manage their airway or they're bleeding and yeah. they're moving like it's it's for their safety and it's also for their like survivability depending on the job yeah um no i think i would be more inclined to cautiously as well yeah but because you run into problems with like you sort of if you're going to raise their icp with if ketamine, they've got a big head trauma, or if yeah. you're going to render them so unconscious that you need to put in an airway, and then you are really risking that ICP raise from yeah. head trauma, that but, sort of thing. But so, do you? Don't you? Like, or yeah. do they roll around and make their teeth yeah, exactly. worse? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and fighting against restraints can yeah. be the worst thing. Oh, absolutely. For head injuries as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I've seen a yeah a ten year old that mm. required. 15 milligrams of medaz and that wow. didn't even settle him down in restraints. You know what? I know, so, I know well, it's is. just, yeah. it's insane and, and it's, it's not good for, for the patient mm. or us, but it's, mm. it's really hard to define, I guess. Everyone has their own triggers. I mean, I guess we're taught safety first, but mm. it's, it's also your own experience yeah, and exposure, I think, it. because I, like I said, I'm one to err on the side of um, de-escalation and I think droperidol is great. Yeah. Whereas there are people that I have worked with who will be like, nah, no yeah. way, straight to medaz, yeah. knock them out okay. immediately. Yeah. And, mm. and it's just a different exposure. Like I've been so fortunate that yeah. I have had good experiences with it, but there's mm. some people I've been to who have said that, nah, it doesn't work. And that's and you've seen that in, in other states where their yeah. protocols are different. And, Absolutely. And, yeah. Like I Abs- just... It's interesting the spectrum of uh, opinions mm. by Ambos mm. on how you would manage the same job. Yeah, yeah. but I guess I that think, applies anyway. Yeah, and also I think you got to take into account who what your who your patient is. Is it the seventy five year old in a nursing home that weighs sixty kilos, yeah. or is it one hundred and twenty kilos uh, worth of um, big muscle. burly you know, rage. <laughs> muscle yeah, that yeah. has had uh, yeah. some sort of substance at a nightclub? Mm. You know, mm. you might need you need to render of, that person yeah. safe quicker and yeah. so which agent's going to be the quickest it's these kind of decisions you have to make on the fly yeah that turns us from being clinician technicians into clinicians I yeah think, absolutely know. well look guys a bit of a short debrief today but good nonetheless i think <laughs> and uh look we'll be right back after this with the uh, clinical corner the annual emergency services blood challenge is back on 
From the 1st of June to the 31st of August, emergency services across Australia are battling it out to be the agency with the highest number of blood donations. To help the Australian Red Cross reach 12,000 donations, sign up, grab your colleagues, managers and friends and head to your local donation station. To find your closest blood bank, go to donatelife.com.au. One donation can save up to three lives, so roll up your sleeve, get your blood pumping and save lives today. Welcome back to the Clinical Corner. Today is Cases Review Day, so we've each brought a case to the table that we're going to go through and dissect and have a listen along from home and see what you think. Um, but I'll kick us off. So, okay, call to a 37-year-old male, mm. uh, emergency response. It's an allergic reaction, mm. unable to talk, swollen tongue. Mm. Thoughts? Um, well, allergic reaction, potentially. Anaphylaxis. Anaphylaxis, exactly. That's what we're thinking. Okay. We get on scene. The patient's been walked out by their parents. Mm -hmm. So quite an older gentleman, bit of a round face, bit of an, um, bit overweight, Mm -hmm. um, uh, is not talking to you. The cheeks look a bit puffed out and he's not talking. Um, and he gets to the car and you're right. And you say, okay, come on in, lie down on the stretcher. What are you going to be looking for first? I look for the obvious signs, I guess. Like, does he have some kind of visible rash yep. on his skin? They're the yep. big mm-hmm. things. Perfect. Yeah. I want to check his blood pressure. Yeah. Okay. Um, first thing I did, I had a look in his mouth to have a look at the tongue and see what sort of airway we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be swollen? Mm-hmm. Looked in his mouth. Tongue was fine. Not swollen whatsoever. Yeah. Cheeks were okay as well. It looked like he was kind of puffing them out. A yep. um, little bit of a history from the patient. Uh Otherwise well, but history of schizophrenia and yep. um, slightly developmentally delayed. Okay. Okay. So that's what we're kind of... Quick question. Yep. Is he allergic to anything? Uh, aspirin. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Allergic to aspirin. Another quick question. Yep. Did he take aspirin? <laughs> Perhaps. <Okay. laughs> Unsure. And uh, so he's on the on the stretcher. Parents are a cons- uh, considerably concerned. Yeah. Um, and they're telling me that patient has been admitted to hospital previously, um, has been intubated and for admitted to ICU for anaphylaxis. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So immediately thinking, oh, okay, alarm bells ringing. Yeah. My partner and I are examining this patient. Nothing concerning anaphylaxis really. The tongue's okay. fine. All the vital signs between the flags. Yeah. All looking good. Yeah. Okay. So our thoughts were, okay, we'll just... Um, We'll head up to hospital. We'll take him. Mm. Um, the the dad's saying, well, mate, he can't talk. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that is a bit of a red so flag. can but I go back and ask you a couple of questions yep. there? So the parents have obviously ca- called for the patient, I'm assuming. Yep, parents yep. have called. And so they've called because they've gone, oh, we think he's having an anaphylactic reaction. Yep. But it's all based off of what the parents yep. are just saying, yep. but you can't see anything. Yeah, yep. correct. And so listen to the lungs, lung sound clear, mm. good equal air entry, no wheeze, no nothing. Okay. Yep. So, okay, let's look, let's drive to hospital. Um, and and the, the parents are saying, the mum especially, is, his tongue will blow up any minute now. You need to do something. And yeah, I'm like, right. look, there's what nothing for like us to, to do. There's nothing for us to really do at this stage. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing to reverse. No, not at this stage. Yeah. So anyway, we drive 15 meters down the road, and next minute, tongue starts bulging out of the oh, mouth. Okay. Okay. Lovely. And it's blue and cyanotic. Huh. Yeah. Strange. So I'm thinking, okay, um, look, pull over. Let's. Um, I'm going to drop some adrenaline, and uh, so adrenaline gets administered. Um, partners drawing up some fluids. Can I ask you another question? Yep. Um, is it just the tongue sticking out of the just mouth? Just the tongue sticking out of the mouth that blown up. That has prompted you 
to yep. give adrenaline. So he's got Correct. no airway compromise otherwise. No, that's uh, remaining fine throughout all this, yeah. even but heart I support rate. That. But yeah. tongues, yeah. tongues blowing up, I and it looks it looks extremely it. swollen because it doesn't meet. Well, I personally like. I would yeah. look for hoarse voice. Does he have difficulty swallowing? Does he yeah. have difficulty breathing? So, so if your tongue's a bit swollen up, that's yeah. just around Most the corner. Most protocols indicate tongue swelling, yeah. adrenaline give. Um, but but <laughs> good English, <laughs> so, much great. <laughs> yeah, did it work? Look, gave one. Yep. A tongue sort of came down a little bit. Yep. Then came back up again. Mm. Um, like and the mum, I felt really guilty at the time because the mum was like, "See, I told you, I told you." I'm like, yeah, "Okay, yeah, right." <laughs> um, so we call for a backup car. Backup car arrives. The intensive care paramedic comes in, sits down, and is like, "Oh, hello, Mister." So and so, and knows the name. Yeah, and I'm like, good. "Oh, hang on a second. So at this stage, we've already given three shots of IM adrenaline. Yeah. So each 1. time 5. that his tongue puffs out. Yep. Nah, well, the, the tongue, the tongue is the tongue is swollen the whole time. So it doesn't really go down until the third one. Then it goes down. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, meanwhile, vital signs are all between how? the flags, yeah, except no, the heart rate. It, but, no. but, but except how, the heart but, rate. But how does one? How does one? Swell their tongue yeah. and make it cyanotic behaviorally. Good. Yeah. So get him to hospital. Mm. Um, that was really unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Disregard, no one else can see. They can <laughs> Luckily, just we're me. not filming. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Tongue swollen. Yeah. Anyway, get to hospital. No more adrenaline's given. And um, the information that we got was correct. The patient was intubated last time he arrived mm-hmm. because he swung swol- swol- uh, swollen. Swell? Up, swelled up oh. yeah. in triage. <laughs> And hospital freaked out into resus, intubated straight away. Yeah. Ends up being patient. I told you. Bites down on his tongue. <gasps> wow. But Winner. how wow. can you not give adrenaline no, when I, I the mum is panicking and the dad's being like, mate, he can't talk. Mum's like, he's been admitted to ICU mm. twice before mm. for mm. exactly Here's the same. Here's my question back. He's like, what <sighs> is what is going to happen? Yeah. The worst yeah. case scenario if you give three, uh, 500 microgram adrenalines. Mm. Yeah, tachycardia. Yeah, mm. exactly. And that what it but was. But I thought that when I gave um, subutamol to my APO patient that arrested. So mm. look, but he didn't have any other yeah, compromises. He, yeah. he was yeah. well. He was yeah. literally just biting down and down on his. Yeah, tongue. interesting. So I think I don't know. As I kind of raised before, like yeah. I think the reason I say this is because I'm going to bring up a, a mildly similar case. But <laughs> the same job that yeah. you did two, <laughs> two weeks before. <laughs> no, but I think that again. So sometimes I almost feel like. We one thing changes in mm. the clinical presentation and we go panic straight away, do this. Whereas it's like, yes, I can see that happening mm. and the parents being there doesn't help. Look, if but the, my yeah. thinking is going, okay, hang on, the tongue's swelling. Let's actually do a, no, a whole other assessment. What else has changed? Is that it? Because yeah. I don't take that as an Yeah, well, well we, we did that yeah. and we still decided to yeah, go okay. adrenaline because yeah. we just thought tongue swelling, if that tongue is actually anaphylactic and that's the reason it's coming up, then we could potentially lose an airway. And, yeah. and how the consequences for not treating. Well, exactly. Yeah. To and treating, the further mm. that anaphylaxis progresses, which what you're assuming was going to happen, yeah. the harder it's going to be to that scale didn't. that back <laughs> yeah. with some adrenaline. So anyway, we walked past him in recess. We're like, oh, hello. Tongue you're looking, <laughs> looking really good. You're looking so much better. Uh-uh. Anyway, his tongue looked the same. Yeah. Well, <laughs> interesting. There you yeah, go. There you go. Jen. So, well, I guess, so this will be a kind of interesting take on this one then. So we get called to... Um, oh, I don't know, 42 year old male, mm. anaphylactic reaction, mm. um, lights and sirens response. Mm. And it kind of came up as um, eaten tuna, um, vomiting, yep. rash, short of breath. Yep. I'm like, okay, I mean, like from the story, that sounds pretty fair. Yep. Um, we go in and we're met by him at the door. So he's walking and he's come up and he said, oh, thanks for coming. Like, I just feel a bit crap, right? Mm. 
And his wife goes, this is, you know, this is what happened. Um, he's cooked tuna. He's the only one that's had it at dinner. He's cooked tuna. Um, and he's eaten it. And within 15 minutes, he's gone bright red. Oh. And he's vomiting violently. Anaphylaxis adrenaline straight away. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys thinking? Well, oh. yeah, I'd ask the same questions. Is he allergic to anything? No. No. Oh. Um, just bright red at a carrot. No so, s- wife said he was bright red. Oh, but, but not bright red anymore. You didn't see him. No. Okay. So, what I observe yeah. is that he's sitting there. He's a normal colour. Yeah. No rash, nothing. Mm. Um, doesn't appear to be short of breath. Doesn't look like he's struggling. No facial swelling. Mm. Um just he says, oh, like I'm Feel just feeling yeah, really yeah, yeah, nauseous. Yeah. And, Vital signs. And that's it. So we've got a BP of, you know, 120 on 80. Yep. Heart rate's like 97. Okay. Um, sat to 99. Has he just got food poisoning? Well, that's what I asked you guys. Upset. What do you Ga- think? Gastric upset well, from, yeah. from fish. It's, it's very I mean, close to the time of Well, it's, a, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, if it's just food poisoning, well, that's something that you could leave someone at home with compared to anaphylaxis. Which yeah. could get worse. But then so my would question you for you is, this is a 15-minute onset. Yeah, oh. it's very quick, yeah. So oh, do yeah. you think it's food poisoning? Do you think it's anaphylaxis? What do you think? I don't know. Oh, man. It my could cooking's be been pretty bad. That it, it, could be, it, could be, it could be just really oily. Like, could it just upset yeah. him? Mm-hmm. Like, he could, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be immediately thinking anaphylaxis. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if uh, I wouldn't be leaving it at home. No. What would you do? What would your treatment be? Fluids. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd probably treat it pretty conservatively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be ju- jumping down adrenaline. Reassurance. No. No. Cool. So I, and so the wife was like, I'm telling you, he was bright red. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, okay, all right, I'll keep that in, in mind. Did they give anything? Um, he had taken his own antihistamine. Oh, well, okay. yeah. But then yeah. I said, I, it was a different one to what we had. So I okay. said, look, just take one of ours as well, whatever. Oh, perfect. So I, I said, let's just take you to hospital because it's too, from my thinking was it's too quick for food poisoning. Yeah. yeah. But then it's it doesn't fit that anaphylaxis because you almost need two systems or airway involvement and mm. it just didn't fit. Yeah. So I was like, let's take you to hospital. I don't know what this is. Let's yeah. just go and get you checked out. And my thinking was not to give an antiemetic because food poisoning, yeah, get it out of the system, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we got in the car and he was violently ill yeah. again. So I gave Did it another. make you feel better? No. He was oh. like, oh, I just still feel awful. So yeah. I gave an ondansetron yeah. and, and didn't give anaphyla- and adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. Turns out there's a thing called... Blood pressure forward. stayed all right? Yeah. He okay. was otherwise completely stable the entire time. So he had a thing called scombroid fish poisoning. Oh, you Have go. you heard of that? No. No. So what it is, <laughs> I didn't think you I would. Think so, you knew the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so what it is, is that it's something to do with the storing of fish, particular fish like tuna, oh, salmon. Wow. And so you can have fish that's been killed and then not stored properly. Yeah. And oh then frozen sushi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it was it was fish bought from a major yeah. supermarket that oh was thawed. No. And what happens is that fish builds up. I think it's a, a histamine yeah, in its oh, okay. blood, and yeah. then it's frozen. But that histamine oh, doesn't break down when wow. you cook it. Okay. So you cook the fish, you eat, eat it, and you it makes you wow. have this huge histamine response. Well, there Amazing. you go. But it's not an allergic reaction. That's actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good so one. consider Keep that next time. Yeah. Well done for following that yeah. up. Yeah. 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 I just thought it was really interesting. Uh, listen, cool. Uh, my my story here is just anaphylaxis. Uh, not anaphylaxis. <laughs> not anaphylaxis. You've called to a um, a thirty five year old who's fallen four meters. It's a long fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he has fallen onto grass. Yep. Um, not witnessed by anyone. The LOC status was um, un, you know, sort of no one knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now GCS fifteen. Cool. Yep. Um, your initial treatment is a trauma sort of primary assessment. 
what do you consider the first line, the first step in your trauma assessment after you've done danger, four at the, four at the door, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. <laughs> What's the first thing you're going to look at? Uh, Jen. <laughs> Major hemorrhage. Yes, good, yeah. good, yep. good. I'm yep. so glad you said that. Yep. What can we do? He's About not to say airway. He's not, <laughs> he's not uh, uh, absolutely hypovolemic. Okay, okay, so there's not blood everywhere. Yeah. Um, Is he bleeding? No, okay. not that you can see. Yeah. Um, and his blood pressure is not through his boots either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can feel a radial pulse. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So you can feel a good radial. Yeah. You can feel a radial right. pulse. Happy what's days. your treatment mm-hmm. though for that major? So what's he said? So he's on the roof oh, and he's yeah, fallen. Yeah. Fallen four meters onto grass. He's lying there. Yeah. He hasn't yeah. moved since. Hasn't ambulated. He, is he in pain? Yeah. He's yeah. in pain. Yeah. Uh, but non-specific pain. Yeah. My question specifically is around the use of a pelvic binder. I was here. actually going to say yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So where do you what, – what's your indication? When do you put it on? Um, and look, why? Uh, Carl. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. <laughs> um, uh, look, if it's, – it's hard. If um, someone oh, – I don't know. It's quite tricky to put a pelvic binder on someone whilst they're lying on the floor. I find it really no, easy to I, put it on when they're on the stretcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but I, know, I know I'm going down the wrong track here. But if he looks severely compromised yeah. um, and you, you know, really complaining of that pelvic mm. injury yep. or, mm. or, and that's what your main concern was, well, then mm. you'd, you'd have to put a binder on straight away. Um, you know what? I'll be honest. Perhaps even if he wasn't um, that compromised... <sighs> Maybe I'd put it on once we get on the stretcher. And I know that's probably <laughs> going to be a wrong answer, yeah. but at least you look really good when you get into yeah, the Yeah, so that's where that's mm. where my gripe comes I know. because I think this might have grinded your gears. You no, know, it's, it's not grinding my gears. It's a good learning point because yeah. once yeah, once What's you've got point? that patient and if you if we're putting on pelvic binders to yeah. satisfy the, the the doctors and the nurses at the hospital, yeah. um, sure, there's there's definitely an element to that. I like to package my patients too, but mm. what's gonna be best for the patient mm. here, they they can be have the distracting injuries, they can, may have knocked their head. They they may um, have a, a very minor fracture that upon rolling, if you're mm. going to take cervical co- your precautions, is going to ha- uh, you know, be exacerbated. Whereas having a binder on is going to protect that pelvis as best yeah. you can. Because there's literally almost no situation in which that's going to cause more harm to the no, patient by putting that's a pelvic right. binder on. If you've got a, well, if you've got a, p- a pelvic pelvis that's got good integrity. But then do you, do you rush in and put that pe- yeah. binder on straight away? Well, if I you're think, not concerned, yeah, no. If, I, you're, if you're thinking that you know there's no harm putting on a pelvic binder, well, then do you put that on straight away? I don't think it needs to go necessarily straight away, yeah. but I would always advocate for it before you move. Mm. Don't roll a patient. Mm. A, you know, a lot of protocols state don't roll a patient. Full stop. Let's mm. use a scoop stretcher if we can. Mm. But oh. if you're going to roll and that, like pa- that, lift that, them up onto that, the, that <laughs> pelvis, so needs to be bound. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and if the, if you're not going to bind the pelvis until you get them on the bed, don't bother. There's no yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. Because the damage has been done, and they're going to yeah. lose two and a half, three. And it's a lot. It pelvis. is. It's a life saving intervention yeah. that I think sometimes. I mean, I personally don't go to a lot of traumas. I just no, I'm not a trauma magnet, not a trauma yeah. and I don't see the the benefit of it directly but it is a life-saving intervention because mm-hmm. you can lose so much blood in the pelvis yeah, well, maybe yeah. i might put it on nana or pop next time they fall and you know yeah. if it's gonna help it's gonna help it's gonna help it's gonna <laughs> might do more damage than <laughs> off but no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but you know it's it's we'll a really it's a really interesting thing that i've seen a bunch of times yeah. recently where it's sort of like let's leave it till we put it on the bed yeah it's an interesting in, point in that case let's let's not bother yeah um yeah. but i think we should be bothering even in the least amount of suspicion because yeah. you know upon movement that pelvis can move mm. And Start there's waiting. lots of vessels yep. in there. Yeah. So let's bind it up and protect it. Faster. Something to consider. Oh, absolutely. Well, thanks, Lee. No worries.
And um, look, I guess we're at that time of the show, the end. But yay! So no. soon, so quickly. So sad. Um, but guys, we, we put out to you all to uh, give us your favourite emergency driving songs because um, we've all played ours. And uh, there's some honourable mentions. We've got Pat with uh, Sandstorm by... Daru. That would have been my pick. That's a I great think song. That's great. Yep. Um, and also thanks, Mum, for um, us well, suggesting How to Save a Life by the Fray. Oh, your mum. Oh, this is Davey. <laughs> She's like, oh, could you imagine playing that on the way to us? Maybe it would make us more compassionate. Uh, I Who think knows? so. But look, guys, the winner today, Hugh, you've mentioned uh, Moana, where you are. And uh, I think that's going to take top spot because I don't, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but my song won uh, when we put the vote out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's going yeah. along those lines. It's what the people want to hear. I think Mrs. Davies voted um, again for that. She? <laughs> look, she might yeah, have. And, and dad and uh, my auntie. <laughs> I really, really rallied them. But um, thanks, Hugh, for, for suggesting uh, where you are by Moana. But um, Jen, thanks so much for coming in. You're welcome. And Lee, thanks for filling in for Evan. Pleasure. And uh, guys, until next time, goodbye. Moana, make way, make way. Moana, it's time you knew the village of Motunui.